I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Donuts got you guys yeah. all out of all out of focus. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, welcome, everybody. If you want to see Donuts' ass uh, take up the entire screen, you can go to YouTube and watch our Feel Good Friday. We here, we hanging out, we doing it. And uh, I got, I'm going to start off with the letter, guys. Sweet. Um, I don't know letter. if you remember, but um, uh, a little while back, um, Tay, I think you were here when we did this. We were talking about um, the body of Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw this. You know, I saw this email. I'm so conditioned to say that because, like, when I when I received the body of Christ in said, church, Amen. yeah, you have to say yeah. it after they he, go, the body of Christ, and they do some. My favorite part. My favorite part of mass thing. was the peace be with you. Yeah, you know, you know. You. Oh, when you know, you know my like favorite. Peace, um, you, yeah, you do. You give peace to everyone right. around you. Like, yeah, peace be, right. with you. peace be with yeah. you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. You know, what my favorite version of uh, my my favorite incarnation of Christianity is what's that? The one in Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> blessed be the fruit. Um, <laughs> Praise be. Yeah, you, you would say that, Taylor. I'm, I'm sure Kyla feels good about that too. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we got a letter from uh, from a lovely listener named Jasmine, um, and we had recently done an episode with a uh, with our friend Olivia, and Olivia has a feeding tube, and uh, we were talking about like receiving the body of Christ. How do you do that when you have a feeding tube? Because you can't, obviously, you can't just eat. Um, she has to take her food through a, uh, through a tube in her nose, into her belly. Mm-hmm. So Jasmine wrote in and said, Hey boys, uh, I just listened to your episode with Olivia where she talked about her feeding tube and not being able to take the Eucharist at mass. And the Eucharist is the body of Christ. It's the little cracker. <laughs> Jesus skin. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, I actually looked into this for my job a while ago. So I can tell you that the Canadian and American conferences of Catholic bishops address this specific issue. Here's their guidelines. Holy communion cannot be given through a feeding tube, but either the bread or the wine counts. So the suggestion is just a couple of drops of wine on the person's tongue. That's enough to have the completed sacrament. Uh, She said, here's the link to the document for reference and to prove that I'm not making this shit up. Uh, Never thought this would be relevant to anyone outside my job, but there you go. Keep up the good work, Jasmine. Hey, can I I ask... Oh, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, you know, another way <laughs> that I was thinking of this because I was just eating a bag of popcorn. Yeah. And I had put uh, dill seasoning on it. Yeah. And I was thinking... The body of Christ could, with a little bit of, a, well, they uh, could, little bit of a dandruff? Well, yeah. So if they... They could also solve the problem by flavoring the body of Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like giving you an option. Do you want ranch? Do you want all dressed? It's pretty. Yeah. Bl- it's dill? a pretty bland. It's serving. super bland. It's I, you super know what? Bland. It was, but I kind of liked it. Um, I, I did. But I was going to say I did like that cracker. But if you, if if 
if that was a thing, you know, if, if Christ was like, if Christ came back, right? Oh, I thought, and, I thought you were saying if you, if that was the thing, if it was flavored. Yeah, no, that, I'm going okay, there. Okay. No, so no, Christ, but, but Christ, something far more realistic, like Christ coming back. To, yeah, Christ comes back, right? Right. Because yeah. that's, I mean, well, we one expect day, it. One day yeah. we're expecting that to happen. Christ yeah. is going to come back. When he comes back, do you think he's going to be like, guys, look, you've been doing this a long time. And I know like our numbers are dropping off. So uh, I was listening to this podcast up in heaven called Sick Boy. The brand is hurting. One one of the guys had a really good idea. Fave show, by the way. Why don't we flavor my shit? What do you think Jesus would be like? Because I I actually wrote a play in uh, in high school. And it was about about this guy who dies and goes to heaven. Or at least he thinks he's going to heaven. He gets to the pearly gates and uh, St. Peter. He's like, all right, cool. We just got to like, we just got to watch this uh, VHS tape, which is all the things you did in your life and, and just make sure that you're good to go. If you didn't sin, you can come in. So they go through the whole video and the video is done. And the guy's like, all right, I'm in. And St. Peter's like, actually, you're not. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what? I didn't sin. Like we went through that whole thing my whole life. I didn't, I didn't sin. Where did I sin? He's like, well, you're right. Like you didn't sin. And the times that you did sin, you did, you did seek forgiveness, but there was one thing and it's actually not on the list. Um, you're not allowed to suck your own dick. And, and this guy sucked his own dick. And that was the, that was the, that was like the ultimate sin. Wow. That allow him into, into heaven. I and the felt re- like that play had legs for a sec until. <laughs> oh, it, hey, it did. It actually got produced at Acadia uh, during a one, <laughs> one act play theater festival. Um, it was very funny, but the reason why um, you can't get into heaven if you suck your dick is because all the apostles, they could all suck their own dicks. But Jesus was the only guy out of the gang that couldn't suck his own dick. Uh, and he was right. so he was so sour about it that when he got up when he got up to heaven, he was like, My my fucking my dad's place, my rules. Uh anyone who sucked their own dick, uh, if they could if they could while we were on, on earth, you can't do it anymore. And anybody who sucks their dick from here on out is not allowed through these games. Okay, I thought you were going to say that he uh, turned away all the apostles, but it was No, no, he looked at me, he was like, yeah, from okay. here on out, you boys, right. like, my, my crew, I got to roll my crew, but like, <laughs> you guys can't be sucking your own dicks anymore. So Jesus was just extremely spiteful. <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah, and he just, he likes to have things his own way, right? So right. he comes back to earth, right? And he's like, look, Brian had a really good idea, we should flavor this shit, but, but you know, based on my Jesus, that Jesus is going to be like, but there's only one flavor we can do. What do you think is the flavor that Jesus is putting on that sacrament? He seems like dill, a dill pickle. Fucking, uh, he seems like a. a <laughs> I, I see where you're like going a there. Fucking That's good. Ketchup guy to me, <laughs> you know, like kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know. have a, Do you have an answer? Oh, I thought you had me. An answer no, I don't know. Just, uh, but if you have one, folks, letters at sickboypodcast.com. What no. kind of flavor would Christ want wait, his body wait. to be? I wanted to say that it would be like if you added the flavoring for somebody who had a feeding tube. They would all they would have to do is take the cracker bag that has all the cracker Eucharist in it, and then just like go like this, and have the flavor dust go <laughs> yeah, up in the air. Because yeah, yeah. you know, like right. it just like if you put your face over the bag and yeah. inhale, it just like like makes you I, aspirate. Yeah, yeah. It makes me I, aspirate. I have a question for you guys. I'm I'm. It's hard to, as somebody who's not religious and somebody who who grew up who 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 was sort of raised until I, until around I was about ten uh, or so as Catholic. Um, and looking at the, the, like taking of the bread and the wine as the body and the blood of Christ and, and thinking now in my, as I sit here as a 31 year old, that that's really silly. Um, no offense to anybody who is religious. Uh, but what are the, what are, what are some of the things like looking at 
Christianity, for example, and seeing that, that that's something that they partake in. What do you think are some of the things that we do like that are sort of ritualistic that we might not even be super aware of that somebody who's like Christian might look at us and go, how silly is that? What are they, what are they doing? Sucking our own dicks for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It is weird that we do that. It is weird. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I've never realized that that was weird until you just said, you know, you know what the, um, the best lesson about this, the, the only lesson perhaps that we can take away from this first bit is that, um, donuts making you guys out of focus. Yeah, yeah. Don't keep your asshole out of the camera, dude. Come on. Uh, I'm being dead serious about this, too. It's funny when you talk about religion um, and you say, like, if you say things bad about religion or bad about Jesus, even jokingly, to me, I have this, like, illogical sort of, like, subconscious secondary response of, of, like, of, like, guilt. And, and dude, that's past trauma. Like, that's... that's the way that like trauma shows up in your life because you know, like you, like all my, throughout my childhood, like I, I went to church, like I got confirmed. I, you know, took the, the Holy sacrament or whatever. I don't even know the names for the things, but like I did all that stuff. And even though I didn't like really believe in it, even when I was doing that and was like, Oh, I just have to do this because my parents are making me do it. There's still like a deep, deep, deep part of me. That's like, wow. Oh fuck! I can't say anything bad about Jesus or God or joke. That's around. wild because my my pragmatism runs very deep. Then because I yeah. I look I remember looking back at that and even as like a ten year old going shut the fuck up. But I do. Like, I, I, I got like, that doesn't fucking matter to me. I do. I I understand that. Like I can intellectual like intellectually I understand that. But underneath emotionally there's like this like oh fuck I can't I, feel that way. Like I do sympathize with the idea that I I my my aunt and my grandmother on my dad's side are like very religious. And I, and I, I sympathize with the thought of, of saying like, Holy fucking Christ or something like that around them. And that, and and not that I actually really care, but like, I do kind of have that thought sometimes if I'm with them to be like, Oh man, they'd be, it kind of almost makes me giggle a little bit that I know that they'd be pissed. There's a there's a, a Jay Z song with the lyrics. I used to listen to it when I was like uh, like 17 or 18, like uh, train doing training. Like I would I would listen to it to pump me up. And uh, one of the lyrics in the song was like, uh, "It's middle finger to the Lord." And and uh, when I would listen to that, it would pump me up. But simultaneously, I would be like, oh, "Fuck!" It makes me feel. The Lord is going to make me lose like, this race. And not even like, it's like, it's like, it's like leveraging your bets, you know, like, like to me, there's like a one in a million chance that like the story of yeah. God and Jesus are real. One in I'm a like, million. Hey, Dude, <laughs> that's <laughs> way too high of a chance. <laughs> hey, we don't know. Okay, we whatever, whatever. But, but anyway, that's yeah. my point is that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in grade 12 and I wrote a play about Jesus sucking his own cock. So I don't think it uh, really, uh, <laughs> really rubbed off on me very much. Um, but if it did, I'm just hoping that that man up there has a good sense of humor. Oh, and, I feel so and, bad. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. I doubt he was that limber. You know, like, <laughs> don't you think he's the ultimate pragmatist? Like, don't you think that if you got up there, he'd be like, guys, guys, come on. I, I understand. Get it. I get I, it's it. hard yeah. being down there. It's really hard. I well, think I think what he would say is, wow, man, they made up so many rules that I didn't adhere to. <laughs> yes, that is what he would say. Yeah. He would definitely be like, you guys, didn't you guys, don't you guys remember? I washed the feet of a, of a hooker 
and you guys made sex work illegal still <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with you um uh speaking of um speaking of uh putting things in your mouth this is an article that i was going to get to later but i think it, it kind of fits with going next year um there was a paralyzed man he had als and uh, he communicated the first words in months using a brain implant this is actually a huge step in uh, in terms of communication for people who are quote unquote locked in in in, in with illnesses such as ALS, uh, what do you think the first thing that he said was? Holy shit! <laughs> Wait, no. I don't even know why I said holy shit. Yeah, dude, I mean, yeah, it's like the first things he says. He just goes holy shit. Sorry, God. Scratch yeah. my scratch my nose. Scratch scratch my nuts. Uh, no, he said uh, I want a beer. Oh, that's my man. man that's my fucking guy yeah. so a completely paralyzed man who was left unable to communicate for months after losing the ability to even move his eyes has used a brain implant to ask his caregivers for a beer this is coming from b uh on our discord thank you b for submitting submitting this to our feel good friday episode content and if you want to join the discord you can find the link in the show notes composing sentences at a rate of just one character per minute the man also asked to listen to the band Tool very loudly. Uh, he requested a head massage from his mother and ordered uh, curry all through the power of thought. The man who is now 36 had two square electrode arrays surgically implanted into his brain to facilitate communication back in March of 2019 after being left in a locked in state as a result of ALS. People suffering from the prog uh, progressive neuro... Can I ask a question there, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. It is locked in the 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 like the like new newer acceptable term that used to, and again I know that it's a fucking horrible term but when I was growing up it was vegetable. Is that yeah. like what, is that what locked in is is I mean I, I I suppose so. It's like you you um yeah, I guess so. I feel like um, vegetables would be more um catatonic. Like, was that like Maybe that's maybe I that's mean, what I'm thinking of. Locked in is locked in is essentially you are, um, you like can't you, you're not you're not moving. You can't speak. You're not, you're not moving. Yeah. And actually, like this this whole idea of being locked in within ALS, um, <clears throat> up until recently, I think up until like this this moment, um, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there was. The, Doctors, physicians were unsure of, of whether or not there was even like any cognitive ability. Like, yeah. is there thought happening? I was going to say that that would be probably like the difference between, I don't know what the better word is too, but b between a vegetable and being locked in would be my thoughts would be whether or not there's a conscious thought happening. Sure. And we don't say vegetable, um, what uh, we, what, obviously. Yeah, no, but we what say locked in. No, no, but I think there's, there would be, I feel like there are different levels, like, if you have conscious thought versus if you don't have conscious thought. But even the idea of being locked in is like, like I don't think we knew if there okay. was actual okay. conscious thought um, it, like happening in the brain. Mm -hmm. So people suffering from uh, the progressive neurodegenerative disease have an average life expectancy after diagnosis of two to five years. Uh, but <clears throat> as we all know, they can live much longer, uh, like Stephen Hawking, who lived another 55 years after his diagnosis. Now, until now, a brain implant has not been tested on a completely locked-in patient. And like I just said, it was not known whether communication was even possible for people who had lost all voluntary muscular control. Quote, ours is the first study to achieve communication by someone who has no remaining voluntary movement 
and hence for someone for whom the BCI is now the sole means of communication. The BCI is this uh, this technology that they use. Uh, this is was that from, like a brain computer interface. Yeah, probably. Maybe that's what it stands for. I don't know. Uh, that was said by Dr. Jonas Zimmerman, uh, the senior neuroscientist at the Weiss Center. Quote, this study answers a long-standing question about whether people with complete locked-in syndrome who have lost all voluntary muscle control, including movement of the eyes or mouth, also lose the ability of their brain to generate commands for communication. Working with the researchers at the Weiss Center for Bio and Neuroengineering in Geneva, Switzerland, the ALS patient consented to having the brain implant fitted when he still had the ability to use eye movement to communicate back in 2018. It took three months of unsuccessful attempts before a configuration was achieved that allowed the patient to use the brain signals to produce a binary response to a speller program answering yes or no when presented with letters. It took another three weeks to produce the first sentences. And over the next year, the patient produced dozens of sentences. Wow. One of his earliest communications concerned his care, asking for his head to be kept in an elevated and straight position when there were visitors in the room. He also requested different kinds of food to be fed through his tubes, including goulash soup and sweet pea soup. For food, quote, quote, for food, I want to have curry with potato, then bolognese, bolognese and potato soup, one's, one request stated. He was also able to interact with his four-year-old son and wife, generating the message, I love my cool son. Oh. <laughs> That's very, very cute. You know, what I, you know what I love about that? I love that he, you know, so he's, he's deciding what to say, right? And it's coming at a very slow rate. And instead of saying, I love you, or I love my son, he very specifically states, I love my cool son. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like, cute. I think about that, and I wonder if there was like a thought in his mind that was like, look, if I'm going to say something because it's rare that I get to. I want to say something that's going to like, that's going to like leave an imprint on this kid. So like mm-hmm. me telling him that he's cool, mm-hmm. I hope will make him a cool kid for like yeah. the next like <laughs> 18 years, you know? I uh, I looked into I looked this up and uh, and actually vegetative state is actually still a clinical term. Okay, there you go. Persistent yeah. vegetative state, but the locked in it's called locked in syndrome and yes. vegetative state are two clinically different. And there you were right. I think you said that, Brian. That the difference is that a locked in state seems to be like a physical uh, a physical ah, state. Okay, okay. Um, whereas a vegetative state is where you don't have uh, mental faculties, or, or at least you don't have full mental faculties. Why do we say vegetative? <clears throat> I think like, it was, I think the, I think the idea because vegetables this is, don't think. I think there's this another is, this meaning was, for vegetative. This was um, this was oh, this like was, a different definition for vegetable. Not vegetable, vegetative. Right, sure, but like I think there, I think the clinical the clinical term, and and this is me reaching back to like random memories as a child, um, and now I'm I remember watching a movie with Denzel Washington, a horror movie, with oh, Denzel Washington, of Ve- Veggie Tales, where he's the, the where he's where he's the detective, and he and there's the the string of murders and that he solves, and he's uh <laughs> he's in a he's in like a body coma, um okay. anyway, that's uh neither here nor there, uh but that. The, a vegetative state, I think, is a clinical term, and then, and then following on from a vegetative state, which is the clinical term, I think then people started to say that that, that person is a vegetable. I think that's right. what, where that came from. I'm going to see the veget uh, the definition of vegetation. Uh, well, vegetation meaning uh, <laughs> plant life or total plant cover. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the we act have... the act or process of vegetating. <laughs> in, I think in, veg- in, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think inert vegeta- inert, inert existence. Yeah, um, there, there, there you go. An abnormal growth upon a body part. Uh, plant life or cover as as of an area. Example, Guys, the valley I, is green with vegetation. I love the word vegetating. Yeah, yeah, it's, it feels good in the mouth. Uh, yeah, I, I want to. I, I feel like it feels vegetating. good in my body. Like yeah. I want to be vegetating. Yeah. Um, the research was detailed in a study published this week in the journal Nature Communications. The study titled Spelling Interface Using in, uh, Intracortical Signals in a Completely Locked-In Patient Enabled Via Auditory Neurofeedback Training. That is a big title. <laughs> Noted that the BCI communication system can be used in a patient's home, with some sessions even being performed remotely via the, the patient's laptop. The scientists behind the brain-computer interface... nice. Bingo. Uh, technology are now seeking funding to provide similar implants for other people with ALS, which will cost close to $500,000 over the first two years of use. That's wild. Um, this is an important step for people living with ALS who are being cared for outside the hospital environment, said George Kuvas, chief technology officer at the Weiss Center. This technology benefiting a patient and, its, and his family in their own environment is a great example of how technological advances in the BCI field can be translated to create direct impact. That's a Neuralink shit, Elon Musk. Yeah, it is kind of Neuralink-esque. That's Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. He makes BCI, like Neuralink is BCI. It's considered a BCI, yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, I just, I love, that article made me feel really good. And it also made me just uh, thirsty for a beer. Um, (laughs) So Um, cheers to you, buddy. Speaking of of those type of... I wonder what uh, kind of beer he wanted. What do you think? Grab he's, in Switzerland. he's in Switzerland. He probably wanted like a Hefeweizen or something like that. Like some kind of like wheat. But he's, a, but he's a dad. So could have right, been a so BL. Yeah, so, so BL. Yeah, BLs all day, every day, baby. Um, yep. There was a, speaking of like other body augmentation things, um, there's a new mixed reality uh, device that is a, um, what are the things called that you put in your eyes um, to see? Contact lens. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a contact lens computer that projects augmented reality things into yeah. your space. I'd man, I I picked I'd be an early adopter for that. Me that'd too, be, that'd for be cool. sure. Yeah, but they're worried about like having a computer on your eyeball. Oh, are they the wrists? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Weird. Yeah. Why? I know, right? It's crazy that they would care about something like that. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, well, speaking of technology <laughs> and wearables, guys, have you seen the Dyson? Have you seen what Dyson made? No. Oh Yo. wait, I think I, I saw. Hey, I think I, I think you would dig this. I Yo, saw so, a headline about this, but <laughs> now I can't remember dad. what it was. They are Dyson headphones. Okay, oh, so Dyson is moving into the um, the auditory 
uh, uh, field. Space. But it's not. It's not just an. It's not just headphones. It's it's headphones that comes with a air vacuum for your mouth. <laughs> Yo. So here's the what? crazy thing. Here's a video of it. Okay. It's called the Dyson Zone. <clears throat> Literal air purifying headphones. So this thing, where you wear this thing around on your head like headphones, oh, but it's got. Wait, this hold on. Is that cool is that the is mask. that the petty is that the petty sedate? <laughs> it's very yeah. it's very similar to the petty sedate. So uh, the petty sedate, which we covered last week's uh, on last week's episode, you put uh, you put this thing over a kid's face while he's in the hospital and That's knocks him right out. So <laughs> funny because when I was watching that video, I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, was I think they took a stab the at this sedate. in the nineties. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very cyberpunk. So Dyson has taken its first step into wearable technology with an eye catching pair of over the ear headphones that comes with an air purifying mouth visor. Now. You would think that this is in response to COVID, but they started working on this fucking thing six years ago. This is six years worth of technology. Whoa. And they, are you serious? Yes. And they are finally releasing it right now. Dude, they huh. started the pandemic. They, I bet you big, big, big audit, big audio. Big vacuum. I feel like, I feel like not yeah, enough people have looked started. into this. And <laughs> I bet if they go back to Wuhan, there's a Dyson lab. Listen, don't say it too, <laughs> don't, don't, don't say it too loud because the truckers might be listening. I bet the... there's a Dyson lab in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> Best known for vacuum cleaners, Dyson has diversified in recent years with products such as fans and a hairdryer. Actually, the hairdryer is amazing. My, Jeremy, my barber, uses it. It's awesome. Whoa, wait, what is it? It's a Dyson hairdryer. Oh, hair dryer. Yeah, yeah, like a like a like a blow dryer. Like that, that's what yeah, I heard. That's yeah, yeah. what Jeremy I Jeremy has a hair jar and uh and he just collects my hair and puts it in there. <laughs> and it's it's powered by a vacuum. Yeah, so you Dyson. know, Dyson Older is out. like Dyson is is very much the apple of the cleaning world. They are. <laughs> yeah. Uh the headphones dubbed Dyson Zone are designated to tackle the grow, growing issue of air pollution. Uh one reviewer said they would definitely turn heads on the street. Yeah. Uh, Britta O'Boyle, deputy editor at gadget publication Pocket Lint, wrote, quote, the, their design is certainly eye-catching. The sound quality was excellent, she told BBC News, and the headphones had a lovely construction. But as she had been unable to test the product outdoors, she could not say how effectively it would purify air or, quote, how silly you might feel wearing it. Guys, what are the odds they were making a wearable air purifier and it was so fucking loud like a vacuum that, that they, they were like, like we, gotta, we gotta yeah we gotta we gotta we gotta put something over there we ears. gotta remedy this let's just make them headphones yeah, yeah, but dyson like a fucking but, jet engine on your but face but dyson is a but that's what dyson that's dyson's jam they they, they make they make they make loud things silent that's listen their, i'm i'm yeah. i'm not rich enough to own a dyson but uh are they really that like is a dyson vacuum soundless Oh, I don't know about a vacuum, no, but no, like but all they're, their they're air fans, all- their fans and air purifiers and stuff are pretty, yeah. pretty silent. Like low, the hair, the low, hair dryer, low is, DBs, is definitely not silent. Yeah. Um, but as uh, so, the headphones go on sale this uh, fall. Uh, quote: We don't expect them to be cheap. Boyle said. Obviously, Dyson's very expensive. Can, can I ask a question here? Is your is your take on this chair that this is supposed to be like sort of like wearing a mask? Well, yeah. So so you would put this on, and it will purify the air around you. So. Um, you know, I don't know where this stands up next to, you know, like a like like an N95 or some shit, but or yeah. like or like the 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 air purifiers you'd find in like on like an airplane or something. But my guess is that, and my guess for sure is that once COVID started, that they, they it probably put them kicked them into high gear in terms of like really figuring out like the particles that this thing kind of uh, purifies and keeps keeps mm-hmm. out of your lungs. 
the noise-canceling headphones come with a motor, fan, and air filters in each ear cup. Air is sucked through the filters in, in, the, in the ear parts. So air mm. is sucked through the ear filters. Whoa. Uh, capturing allergens and pollutants such as nitrogen, sulfur dioxide, and brake dust. And then this is purified. This purified air is then channeled into the nose and mouth via the visor, which is magnetically attached to the bottom of the headphones. It is 97% effective at getting clean air to the lungs. The company says. So again, for folks who aren't watching, uh, the video, this thing looks like, um, like it looks like your regular kind of like like noise canceling headphones, like big old cans. But the thing that comes across your face, it looks like a bane mask. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, it I looks was, like bane's just like bane's sub I was thinking sub zero. Yes. I, yeah, there we go. Man, nice. I there's there would have been a zero percent chance of me ever buying those pre COVID. But now? But now I wouldn't feel weird at all wearing that in public. I wouldn't feel weird wearing in public now. Um, definitely not compared to how I would have felt two years ago about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, different. But with that being said, it's hard to it's hard to imagine what time throughout the day you'd want to go and put headphones on to listen to something, and also yes. want the air purifying think effect. About, think about people who just use public transit to get to work. Yeah, sitting, good, sitting yeah. on the sitting on the subway. Yeah, dude, fuck yeah, put that thing in my face. Yeah. On the I bus, feel like right. I f- I feel like it is a. I feel like you're right in the way that you're saying that, but I feel like it's a drastically over engineered <laughs> product that the people who would benefit from it most are probably not in the economic bracket that they are going to be marketing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, there's four purification modes, depending on whether the wearer is walking down a street or sitting down. The headphones use sensors to track breathing and exertion and then toggle between modes. They also come with an app that lets users specify their location and determines when the filter needs replacing. A face cover that comes with that that slots into the visor. Uh, and the product has four hours of battery life in low filtration mode, according to Pocket Lint, or 1.5 hours in high filtration. Uh, Chief Engineer Jake Dyson said, "Air pollution is a global problem. It affects every affects us everywhere we go. The Dyson Zone purifies the air you you breathe in on the move, and unlike face masks, it delivers a plume of fresh air without touching your face using high performance filters and two miniaturized air pumps." Guys, you know it would be super cool if instead of building spacesuits so that we could inhabit our planet, uh, if we just started being more environmentally friendly and not polluting the fucking planet. Yeah, that would help. Dude, like, we're not we're not doing anything to the planet. We're just killing ourselves. The planet, yeah. dude, the planet doesn't give a fuck about what we're doing to it. The planet's going, I'll be here. I'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you you guys, you, we won't. You sorry, <laughs> sorry, not the planet. All other living species that are like, what the fuck, guys? Cockroaches, like, cockroaches aren't thinking that. Cockroaches <laughs> are going, uh, we Thank good. you. Yeah. you know, we're here this, with the planet. This could be a product that would be like, I'm thinking of you know, it's it's it's. I think it's easy to uh, going looking back on what I said earlier about this being an over-engineered product. It's I think it's really easy for me to say that living in Halifax, where like pollution is really not an issue for us, um, in the in the way that like an LA in the way or, that it would be in Mexico or, City or yeah, Mexico right. City or Beijing or uh, <laughs> yeah. you know Ho Chi Minh or you know there are some cities in the world where you can walk inside from being up for a walk and pick your nose and, and have black come out yeah. on your finger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, well, here's another uh, new uh, a new technology that uh, I'm kind of excited for. I would like to see what this looks like. Um, there has been a breakthrough in a potential male birth control. Oh, so, yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a potential non-hormonal male con- contraceptive pill. This is, this is, I feel good about, I just want to say going into this article, I feel good about this because this is feel good Friday. And even though we've been talking about really great technology and stuff, um, we've been like kind of curmudgeon about it, <laughs> like, like being really cynical about Can't like these fucking about air purifying headphones, whatever. Yeah, like this is a, this is like a the long world's time dying. Now we got, now we got something good. I feel good about this. It, it's wild <laughs> to me that we're reading this and it's 2022 and we're reading that there's potentially totally. a male yeah. birth control. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So to develop, to develop their non-hormonal male contraceptive, the researchers targeted a protein called the ret, uh, retinoic acid receptor alpha, known as R, uh, RAR-A. RAR. So RAR-A, <sighs> this protein, bind retinoic, uh, retinoic acid, which is a form of vitamin A. You mean RAR-A. Uh, that pr- pr- plays an important role in cell growth, uh, d- d- differentiation, including sperm formation, and embryonic development. They designed and synthesized approximately 100 compounds and event, uh, evaluated their ability to selectively inhibit RAR-A in cells. The team identified a compound, which was named YCT529, that successfully inhibited RAR-A. When given orally to male mice for four weeks, YCT529 dramatically reduced sperm count and was 99% effective in preventing pregnancy without any observable, observable side effects. Wow. The mice, uh, in, and then the mice, uh, the mice could father pups again four to six weeks later after oh. they stopped receiving the compound. Whoa, dude! That's probably that's probably the hard part in yes. terms of uh, pharmaceuticals, not just like burning off the sperm and never having them come back. I yeah. didn't know that mice babies were called pups. That's yeah, yeah, so they, cute. yeah pups. Yeah, that's really cute. It's really cute, isn't it? <laughs> See, like so, this uh, is such an awesome <laughs> option because obviously, like you know, Kyle and I just had a baby. And, you know, are we totally we had, by we, accident too? We, we, like, it's so crazy. It's rare that you get a, a, um, a IVF baby that's accident. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, obviously it was a very involved in, uh, and, uh, intentional process, but, uh, but obviously that's not, it's not to say that we couldn't have, uh, a, a, a nat, you know, quote unquote natural pregnancy. Um, but well, you know, let's say if we, let's say if we absolutely did not want that, I mean, Kyla was on birth control for like a decade no longer yeah. than that like like 15 years or some shit and it and that's not non-hormonal and that does have a like an impact on yeah. your yeah. hormone balance and uh and so if we were going to definitively say that we didn't want any more kids um then you know then i would have i would get a vasectomy and obviously yep. that's obviously not like the the i'm not aching to have a vasectomy Reversible, <laughs> reversible, but uh, yes, dude. I'm not. Would, a, I'm not aching to have nut nut surgery. So, is, like, wait, you know, I would take. I would take. Yeah. Uh, oh, I would really? take this in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, so getting uh, your yeah, tubes too. tied, uh, to, tubectomy or whatever it is, uh, that's not reversible. Do they really tie your tubes? They. It, I actually was just talking to someone who just who is who was getting the surgery uh, like a week ago. And she was telling me that uh, there's there's two ways that they do it, but one of the ways is that they actually just clamp it. 
They they like they literally yeah. like like fold the tube, clamp it, leave the clamp in. Shit, no way, really. Yeah. Like a like a bag yeah. clip. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like a chip clip. <laughs> yeah, the banoodle. Of- <laughs> <laughs> banoodle. <laughs> oh man, I'm going home to watch the banoodle videos. <laughs> oh my god, that shit's funny. Pack of a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, it's just a Google, just Google Banoodle. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the funniest thing I've yeah. thought about all day. Um, so uh, the 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 last thing there is that the uh, the YCT five two nine will begin testing in human clinical trials in the third or fourth quarter of this year. So, Crazy. So that which is yeah, that's pretty wild. Like that could mean that we could see this pill in action. You know, in like maybe two or three years, I would for sure take. Uh, oh yeah, um, and it's and it and it ends up being yeah. the it ends up it it if it works, I I I would imagine if it's non hormonal and and with no side effects observed, I mean you would you would hope that that would end up being the dominant form of birth the control. The pendulum would the pendulum would swing drastically. Yeah. I would say, considering birth control for females is not. Is not for a lot is, for a lot of people is not ideal. It's just and it's and it's there's lots of side effects. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting uh, little story out of uh, right here in our home province of Nova Scotia. Uh, a bunch of healthcare pr- providers are seeking exemptions for therapeutic training in magic mushrooms, but they are uh, they're running into some red tape. Uh, some healthcare providers in Nova Scotia want more training when it comes to using psilocybin, commonly known as magic mushrooms, man, to help treat end-of-life <laughs> distress. Say that in the no. article? No. no. Uh, it does. It does say commonly known as magic mushrooms, okay. but it doesn't, it doesn't say uh, calm up man. Um, to help treat end-of-life distress and possibly other mood disorders. Uh, but they say bureaucracy is stopping them from getting it, and that uh, hurts providers and patients. Quote, there's a high need for this therapy among folks who are experiencing end-of-life anxiety, depression, and existential angst, says Jeff Thoth, a registered nurse and advocate for psilocybin treatment. We should see if we can get Jeff on the show. Uh, Quote, at this point, not having therapists who are trained in this modality, it's limiting patient access. Thoth, along with 15 other healthcare providers in the province, recently entered a psilocybin training course, but they won't be able to finish it without an exemption from Health Canada. The exemption per- permits people to take psilocybin, uh, which is considered illegal, um, in a safe and supervised setting based on medical or research needs. In January, Health Canada changed it so that the onus is on the person's physician to apply for the exemption through Health Canada's special access program and then secure a Health Canada approved synthesized version of the drug. To consider an exemption, Health Canada re- requires the physician to show their patient has quote, serious or life-threatening conditions and requires psilocybin for the purpose of emergency treatment. Charlene Sleeman, a spokesperson with Health Canada, said the department has notified 137 healthcare professionals that it intends to refuse the request since the change. Quote, there has been an unfair regional disparity with the government approving exemptions for folks on the West Coast, said Thoth. Hmm. There haven't been any clinicians who've been approved east of Montreal. And so that's setting up a fair, an unfair precedent. Sleeman said since granting some one-year exemptions to healthcare professionals in 2020, Health Canada undertook further consultations 
It concluded that clinical trials are the best approach for healthcare professionals who wish to improve their knowledge of psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Wait, can I can I just um, clarify? So, based on the rules, you need to be experiencing as a patient experiencing this like this angst or extreme whatever these extreme conditions are that would allow you to get the exemption to take psilocybin. But the providers who are taking this course, they want to get the exemption so that they can sample it so that they can be educated yes. and sort of like guide or, you know, administer these types or of even, care. Or even suggest that the patient. Right. They want to experience it first. Like that's what Anne, that's what Anne did. That's right. Um, and she, but she did it in, she did it in uh, the U S she did it. in. But yeah, they're Mar- being denied Maryland or something. She did it at maps. So I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So they do not meet the um, requirements by Health Canada because they're not the patients experiencing these extreme conditions yeah. that would lead to this exemption. Yeah. Um, yeah. So healthcare professionals in, interested in using psilocybin or other psychedelics for training purposes can explore whether they can participate in this trial or apply for their own clinical, re- clinical trial, said Sleeman from Health Canada. Um, but Thoth said that that's the problem. There aren't any clinical trials in the province, and he said it isn't clear how to even start one. Mm. Uh, quote, Health Canada hasn't offered any specific criteria, Thoth said. They've said in a more generic way that they're re- recommending that we go through clinical trials for it, but there's no real framework for that to even happen. As of January, Health Canada approved only one clinical trial that examines the safety of administering psilocybin to healthy participants who are enrolled in a psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy training program. We are at this administrative roadblock, said Thoth. Quote, I think it needs to be more, uh, it needs a bit more imagination. And I think it needs more and more input from healthcare providers on how to optimize the pathway. The course that Thoth is looking to take is offered by Theracil, which is the small uh, nonprofit group that aims to help Canadians access legal psilocybin assisted psychotherapy, which we've talked to um, one of the mm-hmm. physicians that is heading up. Therosil. Uh, Dave Phillips, a course trainer, said the experiential aspect is in- integral to the training. Quote, it's very clear to us, people in the field, that because we're working with an altered state, that the practitioner themselves have to have their own experience with being in an altered state, said Phillips, a registered clini- uh, clinic- clinical counselor, clinical counselor, uh, with more than three decades of experience specializing in psychological health and safety, trauma and PTSD. Mm-hmm. He said it's kind of like tra- a, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation, yeah. right? Like yeah. in the way that, in the way that, you know, if you've, if you've done, if you've, if you've taken mushrooms or had psilocybin, like, you know, that it's really impossible to, ex- to express the experience without the person to a person who hasn't had the experience. Yeah. And so like trying to explain to a government body, that yeah. that step is necessary in order to like effectively uh, administer and help and treat people who because like benefit we wouldn't from it we wouldn't do that with chemo right like we wouldn't be like well I'm gonna be giving <laughs> yeah. chemo to this cancer patient right. so I better take it just to see yeah what it was, feels like I was thinking that too but it it is also interesting because I mean so obviously from my my opinion is that it should just be they should be able to do this. Um, but I also think like if I was in that position, I would be like, well, you know, I can't legally apply to take this course, 
but I know a guy who has mushrooms that I can go and get. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. because really, I know Jerry, like at the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, the important exactly. part, Brian, is that like, it's probably that there's actually a, a, a framework set yes, up. Yes, I know totally. And, and I, I appreciate that. Like I, I understand. And again, like I think that it should be that way. Yeah. But also if I was going to go through with, and I had never had an experience like that, but I saw it as an opportunity to treat a, a patient who, um, you know, needed the, this sort of like extraordinary help, I guess I would probably be, yeah. I'd probably <clears throat> go and <clears throat> well, get psilocybin myself. <laughs> Phillips from, uh, from Theracil said that those in the training will be required to take five grams or more because that is generally what the patient uh, taking psilocybin is a lot though. Care would need. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think, um, uh, what was the guy's name that we had on? Who was the first Canadian patient that, that Tom, got it? Thomas, Thomas, that's right. Yeah. Um, so Tom had f- uh, seven grams. A hero's dose. Yeah, quite quite heroic. That's a hero. That's a hero's hero plus. Yeah, that's <laughs> the hero's journey right there. Um, uh, Thoth and twelve of the other denied healthcare providers have sent a letter to Canada's health minister, John John Yves de Close. Uh, they hope to have their exemptions reconsidered in order to complete their training. Quote, in situations where there's a medical treatment available that will reduce disease and that does not have a negative impact on public safety, the government doesn't have the option and has to grant the exemption. So we're optimistic that the government will follow the law there, said Nicholas Pope of Hamid Law, the firm that helped the group draft the letter. Mm-hmm. Pope said that if the exemptions aren't granted, he will take the case to federal court for review. Sweet. So uh, God, there's just such- folks in Nova Scotia doing the right thing. There's just such a there's just such a uh, a disconnect between government like what some what some things do and what people say or think they do. There's yeah. just the thing a, that drives it's me cra- just fucking crazy. It, it's the kind thing of infuriating. That, that drives me crazy though is like is even just saying like that's the government or like that's that body or whatever. Like the reality is is that the government or that department is made up of human beings and like it's frustrating that like the people responding to these letters, the people that are ultimately making these decisions are real human beings. And so like, I, that's the thing that I find it hard to believe. Like it feels like there's, there's personal biases and like subjective well, subjectivity yeah. well, there's so in much, reviewing this thing. That's, that's all this which is. is like, yeah, which is there's really so much history. There's so yeah. much history and ingrained group think and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, going, like going back to, you know, you can go back decades and decades to the types of, um, like, uh, disinformation campaigns about certain mm. things that were, and, and when you start to think, when you start to talk about it, it's only, it sounds very conspiracy esque, conspiracy theory esque in yeah. terms of like, but if there are things like, and th- this is something that we, we, we touched on when we, when we talked about Thomas's, uh, experience, is Thomas that, Hartle, that was his name. Thomas yeah, Hartle. Yeah, if there is a, if there, if somebody is going through, if, so, if somebody is an end stage cancer and they've got, um, you know, an, an anxiety about the the fact that their life is coming to an end in the not too distant future, and that is destroying their quality of life until that end eventually comes, and there is something that they can experience like a psilocybin like an experience of psilocybin and have that maybe once maybe a few times and have that completely change the way that they 
see the world through their eyes instead of a drug that gets taken every day and uh you know is re-upped all the time and yeah like th- th- it's not it's not conspiracy thinking to realize that there are obvious incentives for there to be uh for people to kick up dust about something like psilocybin and why it yeah. shouldn't be used like that's not a stretch by any the thing yeah. the thing that blows my mind though is if if you imagined that there was an island with like 10 people on it and they had like there was no structures or rules of society like there are today and these 10 people were just living on this island and one person came across uh, a magic mushroom and ate it and had this like spiritual awakening like a really profound experience how do you get to the point where somebody who hasn't had that experience starts to create a rule on that island <clears throat> where nobody else is allowed to that's government dude have that experience I know, but like, doesn't it just like, isn't it baffling? That's all, that's all due to the invention of agriculture. (laughs) It all stems back to that. Do do you think though, like, does, does it feel like, like, I, I can only imagine that the people making these decisions just haven't done mushrooms before. No. Yeah. I think (laughs) most of them haven't. Yeah. I would also agree with that. Or if they have, they haven't done it, you know, they haven't done it in a way that they, they, that they could have. Done but what are they afraid of then? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> themselves. Matters, they're, yeah, they're they're afraid that everyone's just gonna like go crazy and and, but and, like, and steal again, and rape. Like, it's a science. Like, <laughs> what does the science show? Is there risks associated with this? Yeah. Oh no, there's no reported Dude, risks. Nobody cares with, like, about the science. <laughs> but that's fucking crazy to <laughs> yeah. me. I know. <laughs> well, here's some science that people definitely should care about. Uh, this is a part of this week's edition of What the Health. Microplastic pollution has been discovered lodged deep in the lungs of living people for the first time. Yeah, no. Well, let's just, can we skip this? <laughs> Dude, this, this is fucking wild. The particles were found in almost all of the samples analyzed. Oh, no. I don't want to know anything Sorry, about what, this. What's the, what's, the, what's the significant... Can you repeat the headline again? And uh, Microplastic pollution has been discovered lodged deep in the lungs of a living person for the first time. Oh, so uh, meaning that up until this point, you would expect to find it more like superficially? Well, the scientists said microplastic pollution was now ubiquitous across the planet, making human exposure unavoidable and meaning, quote, there is an increasing concern regarding the hazards to health. Samples were taken from tissue removed from 13 patients undergoing surgery, and microplastics were found in 11 cases out of the 13. Uh, the most common particles were polypropylene used in plastic packaging and pipes and PET, PET, used in bottles. Dude, Dude how, how is that shit getting in our lungs? It's plastic, man. Being it's like it's getting into everything. Because like, it's in everything. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Probably being it's getting into our sperm. We're just, bre- we're just breathing. We're just, it's yeah, just, it's, it's just seeping into us. Huge. I mean, think, <laughs> about, think about all the bottles that, that are like, that have to advertise that they don't have BPA in them. That they don't But, how, but yeah. how is it... How's it getting around? It's like, well, Man. if BP if BPA I mean, doesn't get out of the bottle, then why would it even matter? Is it? It's like, well, <laughs> it obviously matters because it does get out of the bottle and into you. Right. Two previous studies have found that microplastics at similarly high rates in lung tissue uh, had been taken during autopsies. People were already known to breathe in the tiny particles as well as consuming them via food and water. 
Workers exposed to high levels of microplastics are also known to have developed disease. Microplastics were detected in human blood for the first time in March, showing the particles can travel around the body and may lodge in organs. The impact on health is yet unknown. I'm guessing it's going to be bad. Uh, But researchers are concerned as microplastics can can cause damage to human cells in the laboratory and air pollution particles are already known to enter the body and cause millions of early deaths a year. Quote, we did not expect to find the highest number of particles in the lower regions of the lungs or particles of the sizes we found, said Laura Sadovsky Sid- uh, at Hull York Medical School in the UK, a senior author of the study. Quote, it is surprising as the airways are smaller in the lower parts of the lungs, and we would have expected particles of these sizes to be filtered out or trapped before getting this deep. The data provides an important advance in the field of air pollution, microplastics, and human health, she said. The information could be used to create realistic conditions for laboratory experiments to determine health impacts. You know, suddenly right. those Dyson fucking headphones. Sound like a bad idea, right? <laughs> no, they're right. sounding fucking great just, to me. There's right, there's, right. No, man, I bet you they're rifling the plastics India. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no, they're right. cleaning for, them for, first. Yeah. Further, further, to our, further to our conversation about uh, just before this about, about, you know, why in the hell are there people that are that are trying to that are that are that are seeing psilocybin through this like negative lens that it's bad and it should dude right now there is somebody working on a strategy to convince somebody why microplastics in your lungs is actually a good thing no, and, and, and 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 why and why trying to reduce the amount of microplastics that we're getting into our into our is actually a is actually the negative route Big like there's, Nalgene. there's, there's somebody, yeah, <laughs> yeah big Nalgene's out there working on it right now. Well, we're going to, this, that's a, the, probably in our defamation training. We weren't supposed to say that, <laughs> um, but <laughs> there's, but there, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, there's bad, that. there's, ba- <laughs> there's, there's bad, there's bad shit out there. And there yeah. are people trying, there are people that are paid Lots to of make money. sure that bad shit doesn't change. I like to, yeah. guys, in my version of the world, I like to think of nobody being bad. I just oh, like to think well, everybody's unfortunately, unfortunately everybody's there's good. a lot of bad people. Uh, a U.S. study of lung cancer patients in 98 found plastic and plant fibers, such as cotton, in more than 100 samples. In cancerous tissue, 97% of samples contained the fibers and non-cancerous samples. 83% were ca- contaminated. Huge amounts of plastic waste are dumped into the environment and microplastics contaminate the entire planet from the summit of Mount Everest to the deepest oceans. Microplastics have been found in the placentas of pregnant women and in pregnant rats. They pass rapidly through the lungs, into the heart, brains, and other organs of the fetuses. A recent review assessed cancer risk and concluded, quote, more detailed research on how micro and nanoplastics affect guys, these structures and processes. Yeah, of this the is, body. Yeah, this is guys, too much for Brian. I, I, yeah, mostly because I don't even know what the fuck a microplastic is. Can we like, can we really just dig into this for a second? Like what is a micro or nanoplastic? I mean, what? microplastic, nanoplastics are even smaller. I feel like this is a, this is a, a thing made up, made up by the government to control us. Microplastics, <laughs> like microplastic, <COVID>? microplastics <laughs> are small plastic pieces less than five millimeters long which can be harmful to our ocean and aquatic. But where, like, what is the, what is, here's a microplastic. You know, when you, you know, when you put your toothpaste on your, on your uh, toothbrush, it's got all those little beads. That's microplastic. Huh? The the bead, the beads in some of those like, like tartar fighting, um, uh, toothpastes. 
guys. I, like the li- I use the little- I, I use Toms. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so you probably uh, you're only getting nanoplastics from the Toms from the uh, bottle <laughs> that's in. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm not joking. My, microbeads like it, that. That's polyurethane or uh, uh, polyethylene. Propanol. Polyethylene. Okay. Plastic added to to health and beauty products such as toothpaste. Wow, that's Congress. crazy! Why? Like 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 if you if you're if Maddie uses like um like uh like actually I saw it in your bathtub when I was staying at your place the other night like like um uh, exfoliant like yeah. face exfoliant yeah. all that stuff that that stuff that exfol- exfoliates that's yeah. like microplastics. Wait, okay, but so but they get stuck in your body like we thought yeah. so. So all these companies that are using these things, it was like, hey, it's cool that we use these because. Even if they go into your body, you'll just pass them through and whatever. It doesn't. Well, I mean, no that's, that's what they're. That's what like. They're is thinking. that what the thought was? Yeah, when yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, plastic is the most prevalent type of marine debris found in our ocean and Great Lakes. Plastic debris can come in all shapes and sizes, but those that are less than five millimeters in length are called microplastics. As an emerging field of study, not a lot is known about microplastics and their impacts. Uh, the NOAA Marine Debris Program is leading efforts within NOAA to research this topic. Standardized, standardized field methods for collecting sediment and sand and surface water microplastic samples have been developed and continue to undergo testing. Eventually, field and laboratory protocols will allow for global comparisons of the amount of microplastics released into the environment, which is the first step to determining the final dis- distribution impacts and fate of this debris. I get I guess the thing that I need to know for this to like make like hit home <clears throat> even more for me. So here is- you go. Microplastics come from a variety of sources, including okay. from larger plastic debris that degrades into smaller pieces. Okay. In addition, microbeads, a type of microplastic, are found very tiny pieces of manufactured uh, polyethylene plastic that are added to exfoliants to health and beauty products, such as some cleaners and toothpastes. These tiny particles easily pass through water filtration systems and end up in the ocean, uh, posing great potential threat to aquatic life. Microbeads are not a recent problem. According to the United Nations Environment Program, plastic microbeads first appeared in personal care products about 50 years ago, with plastics increasingly replacing natural ingredients. As As recently as 2012, this issue was still relatively unknown. With an abundance of products containing micro- plastic microbeads on the market, and not a lot of awareness uh, on the part of the consumer, so like it, it's been it's been fucking everywhere. Mm. So wait, so ha- like, how much of this do you think is like our choices in the products that we use? Like, are, are it sounds almost like I'd say almost like, almost a hundred percent. It sounds like <clears throat> like fucking every product uses it. So like, I mean, this totally is like avoid the, using this it's things, like the, or. It's, it's like the uh, and and you know I was I wasn't I was joking when I said I used when I, I was joking around when I said I use Toms but I do use Toms and, and for toothpaste and like Kyla is like really really um, sort of like in the know about being really picky about the kind of products that we buy and like like deodorants and shit like that because because there's so many products that are made with uh with uh ingredients that because whether they're they're either cheap to use those ingredients or they're highly effective for the job that they're supposed to do instead of being actually healthy for you like you know make your armpits not smell like making your armpits not smell is this is not the same as giving like making you giving you healthy armpits for example you know what i mean so there's just a lot of products that 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 have this shit in them that 
is uh, that just makes it cheaper to manufacture or whatever. So then that, that ends up being the, you know, the choice of the ingredients. And then, and then think about like, if you ever eat seafood, right? <laughs> so these microplastics are just coating the fucking ocean and you go and you have your sushi and you eat some tuna. Well, that tuna is probably riddled with my, microplastics. That, I mean, that's probably one of the ways it's getting into your system. One of trillions of ways it's getting into you. you okay. know? Dude, like yeah. with, with the whole, with us having a, a baby and like all the shit that you can, you know, put on the baby's skin or all the clothes that you can buy for a baby. Like in, I, I'm Kyla can speak to it a lot better than I can, but there are just so many things that are made for a baby that are just horrific for them to have on them. Yeah. Just yeah. brutal. But they're like, they are oftentimes the biggest and most popular brand name products or, for, or, yeah, for or that. Most, of, most affordable. Okay, or whatever. So right. Yeah. General, Which is why they're affordable. Cause they're the biggest brand. Cause the biggest brand, right. they have the pricing power to, to yeah. make things cheap. So general rule of thumb, don't buy things from Instagram ads. That's, that's a start. A, that's, that's a, a start. good start. Okay. Yeah. Which actually, I got a gift coming for the baby. I bought it on an Instagram ad, and I, is it coming? It, is it? I, I I don't know. I might have been scammed. So we we'll find out probably in like a no, year. No, no, no. If I don't the, get it in a year, it's no, then I would waste it. Yeah. Waste the money. <laughs> They're legit. It just takes eight to twelve months to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, coming listen, from a long way. Listen, uh, this was uh, that. What the hell is a big bummer. Uh, so to turn things around, I'm going to ask that you bring the baby onto the screen. Okay. Uh, yep, <laughs> I can do that. Just making sure she wasn't on the on the teat. Okay, let's do a hard oh, cut yeah, here right here. Go. Here we go. This is gonna be so good. Taylor's standing up. He's walking off screen on YouTube. I'm just gonna cut all this bit. Go to YouTube, folks. You can go to YouTube, watch our videos, our Feel Good Friday videos on YouTube. You can see this fucking baby that's I'll about cut. to come on the screen. I'll cut the whole bit with the baby in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there she is. Hi, Zaya. Hello, Zaya. Look at her. Oh, Aww. yeah. Don't drop her, Taylor. Don't drop her. Whoa. Whoa. She, she's just balancing on your lap. You didn't support her neck. He doesn't support her neck, dude. We were on the fucking Zoom call last night. I know. With our so patrons. Like and swinging and her just like, like bobbling her head. That around. was crazy when he was holding her upside down by the feet. <laughs> oh, look at that. She looks oh. good and green. You look so good. Look at look green shirt day. It's oh, green God, shirt dude. day. She doesn't even look real. Look at that little fucking thing. Dude, that came out of your nuts. Isn't that wild? <laughs> That's super sweet. And a needle. Oh, what a little baby boo. What a little baby boo. She's so sweet. Hold her right up to the camera. Yeah, yeah. Get her get real close. Real, yeah. real close. Let's get some microplastics. <laughs> I want to be able to smell her. <laughs> Dude, she looks like a porcelain doll. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, little, little tiny. She can't see shit. She can't see shit, dude. Yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Man, I fucking, I fucking love Zaya. Yeah, she's cute. What a cute little baby. Um. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this week's episode. Um. And uh, thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, you can, uh, you can go over to YouTube and watch our Feel Good Friday episodes every Friday. Yeah, hopefully, you support the podcast more than Taylor supports his baby's <laughs> neck. <laughs> uh, you can also join the Discord. We have conversations happening about episodes, and uh, you can contribute to uh, Feel Good Friday, or you can uh, update update your Wordle scores. Guys, I lost my first Wordle this week. What? Like you loss. didn't get it? You mean? Yeah, yeah. My first loss. You know, I actually yeah. knew that you did because you texted me and said I'm just doing Wordle or something, and then you didn't post it in the Discord, and I was like. Yeah, I probably lost. He lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you, I thought it was because I texted you and said I don't want to be around anymore. Um, I was really sad. 
I was fucking sad, dude. That streak was going long. I've lost. One, I, was, I was like 60, 60 days straight and right. uh, lost. Um, so you can do that or you could uh, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or, of course, use your Spotify mobile app to leave a rating of the podcast. We really love that. And uh, if you want to send us a letter, uh, I'm thinking this week, if you want to tell us about what your favorite microplastic product is that you use and that you should not use any longer, um, you can let us know about what that is and and what you intend to do to change that. Uh, you can do that by sending that to letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. It would honestly, it would be really nice if you just joined our Discord server and um, contributed to the Feel Good Friday recommendations so that we could talk about some stuff that's really makes us feel good. Yeah, be a, be, a co-pro, be a co-pro. Almost out. And the link for that's in the description. And also thanks to uh, our manager, Jeff Lonis, to Rich O'Coin for the theme music. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.